Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Today, I'll be chatting with Father Douglas Al-Basi, who's born and raised in Iraq and is now an Iraqi priest living in New Zealand. Hello and welcome back to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and thanks for joining. I appreciate everyone tuning in and listening to this episode. I'll be chatting with Father Douglas El-Bassi, who is a priest in New Zealand, but was born, raised, and spent a lot of his life in ministry in Iraq. He talks about his story and the story of his people, and he really focuses on why his story isn't, isn't the most important part but how it just speaks to a piece to the puzzle, a part of the whole of his people in general. How Christians in the Middle East went from 1.2 million to nearly 200,000. He was tortured by Islamist terrorists for nine days. His church was under attack and was missiled five times. And now he forgives them. He forgives his tortures and actually wishes that he could have tea with them at some point in the future. I'm excited for this episode, and it is super deep, super passionate, and know that you all will find some benefit into even one or two of the stories that he talks about. Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. I am live today from Washington, D.C., and Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Father Douglas Albasi, who is now based in New Zealand, but has spent much of his, his life in Iraq. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited to welcome him onto the podcast today, and thanks so much for joining. It's my pleasure, Tyler. Great. Um, so, so how I like to kick us off is just by opening up in prayer. Um, so I, I can... I can open up in a, in a in prayer, and then at the end of the podcast, I would love for you to close us out in prayer. Sure. Perfect. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us together today. Um, despite the time difference, I know that you're able to work work through us and and put a blessing on on us both, and and just in your presence, and and knowing that this conversation is going to be through you and sharing sharing. Uh, Father Douglas Albasi's story and, and learning about him and the challenges he's, he's faced, um, but also the, the, the intense and, and just passionate love for, that you have for, for him and just for your people. So I'm really excited to, to get into this conversation today. And in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Great. So, um, for 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 folks who don't know you too well, I, I wanted to start and get and get uh, get things kicked off um, to just for you just to open up and just tell a bit more about your background, um, where you come from, and your your involvement in in your Christian faith um, as a, as a child in Iraq. Yeah, thank you, Taylor. Uh, um, yeah, it's not showing that because uh, my name Douglas does mean I am. Uh, I am from Scots, actually. I'm Iraqi. I born in Iraq. Mm-hmm. My background, we are... Uh, uh, my family, actually, um, um, 100 years ago, uh, they escaped from, from south of Turkey. 
uh, when it was the genocide against uh, my against my uh, what I mean I say my people that's been Christian in Iraq and, and against the Armenian so they escaped from the, the south of Turkey and to Iraq and uh, uh, we are Christian from the first century uh, of Christianity and uh, as uh, Father Douglas uh, I, I born in Baghdad I grew up in Baghdad uh, I went to primary uh, secondary school in Baghdad and I went to seminary when I was uh, at 17 uh, 17 18 decided to go to the to be a priest and uh, I went in 1989 I went to seminary and I ordinated in 1980 uh, I'm sorry, I confused because a lot of numbers. Okay, so I ordained <laughs> so, in 19, uh, 18, uh, yeah, 89. No, I went 89, and then 1998, I, I ordained a priest in Baghdad. And uh, yeah, I spent all my time in, in Iraq till last year, 2016. I came here to Auckland. Awesome. So now you're based in, in, in Auckland, New Zealand, and you've been here for about a year. So um, that's great. And then um, I, I know that you you really enjoy tough questions. So I'm I'm gonna jump right in and, and get into um, a time that you had in in 2006. You forgave your your Islam Islamist torturers, and that's something incredibly hard to do. Um, and and when a lot of folks hear that, especially in the United States they they can't comprehend what that what that means and, and how somebody could do that but knowing that this is the i believe this is the right answer and i and i believe god believes this is the right answer too i i want you to to take us back to 2006 um and and take us through this crazy experience when you were kidnapped and and what happened what was and and and, and most importantly i want to ask what is the what was the hardest part of this entire experience for you? Yeah, you know, uh, Tyler, I, I, I am sure that you and uh, those that are actually listening to us, mm, please don't just focus on my, my story, you know, look to the people behind my story. So I'm not actually promoting myself as a hero Absolutely. here, not, not at all. Just to say in the end, we are going to figure what's mean to be Christian Okay, in Middle East or special in Iraq. So in 2016, a lot of people they thought that uh, okay, yeah, this priest being kidnapped, and they thought that this is you know the the hard story. Actually, it's not about just the kidnap. Before I kidnap, I I threw uh, a lot of uh, out of a lot of experience. You know, they were really you know uh, they were really scaring, such as. Uh, uh, one time I got shot by AK Kalashnikov uh, and still the bullet still in my left leg and uh, they blew up my church in front of me. Uh, I remember one time I was in, during the, 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 the Sunday Mass and uh, they attacked the church by five missiles and uh, they missed the church and uh, I, I survived twice actually. That's mean twice my car been uh, uh, blow up, and um, after that I've been kidnapped for for nine days, and those nine days, of course, they were uh, not easy to me actually to forget or to to cope it. But 
you know what happened is happened. So you know, then the, in these uh, nine days, uh, Omar just you know finished the, the the mass and I went to visit the friends and I suddenly I found uh, the highway actually blocked by two cars and they were fully armed and they they stopped me and suddenly they took me uh, they put me in my car and they took me nowhere. So I spent the, the first six days uh, with horrible uh, times because first they left me without water for four days. And uh, I remember when I just arrived, one of them, he kicked me by his knee in my face and he broke my nose. And uh, after that, uh, the day six, they, they bring hammer and they hit me a lot. So in those days, actually, in those nine days, I spending, let's say, during the day, I'm on my, my, my duty, my mission. Those people, actually, they kidnapped me and they were different groups. So during the day, they were asking me for advice and I was advised them. And during the night, they were torturing me a lot. And uh, so one of them actually asked me this question, and it was really goes to the to my deep to my faith. One day we are going to meet. Are you going to revenge? So suddenly I told him no. Actually, if we are going to meet, I will invite you to have to drink like you know chai, tea, coffee, and. Uh, for me, I forgive you. And he say, how come? I say, look, if I'm not going to forgive, I will be like you. And I don't want to be like you. So we have to forgive. And if we forgive, that means we will let the grace of Lord transfer from generation to another. And I'm free man. Wow. So he was really shocked. Mm. That's, that's maybe maybe this guy maybe is listening to to me. I don't know. So till now, actually, the invitation is open. I can invite him to have a tea, and I told him, "But if your hands are bloody with another cases, so you have to go to the court." But from my side, I forgive you one hundred percent. Yeah. Wow, and that's. I, I, I actually I want to go back. What was happening even before nine days? You mentioned that your 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 church was bombed with you know several missiles and um, five 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 missiles and it, just the the intensity of of this of this persecution against you know against Christians and against um, really anybody who was not part of this Islamist group is. Is that, a, is that a fair assessment? Is, was this something that was going on to to just you or was this something that was going on to all of the people that you were that you were surrounded with and, and people throughout Iraq as well? You know, to those people actually they I know now a lot of people they start to understand the, the situation in Middle East, especially in Iraq. You know, to be Christian in Middle East or especially in Iraq actually is suicide mission. 
and it is mean how the sheep can live among wolves. So we know what's mean the cost to be Christian. And this is not actually surprised me. Because, for example, if I account how many times my people as a Christian being persecuted, or even actually I, I call genocide more than persecution, because genocide, to me, even genocide, it's a polite word. And I remember even in Washington, I told them I'm still actually looking to, the, to another word. Still, it's a polite word. So persecution, it is the easy word, actually. They are still using that terms. In any case, if I, look, if I just go back, um, if I account last 100 years, my people been attacked eight times. If I just go back again, actually, uh, officially they call the Church of Middle East, they call Church of Martyrs or Church of Blood. That's why if you look to the Archbishop, that's mean the Patriarch of our Church, he always actually wearing red um, costume. Why red? Because we are ready yeah. to witness, to are ready to die for Christ. Why? Why actually uh, wearing, putting a, a costume, a red costume? Because this is that red color is a representative of our martyrs. That's why one time I said actually the bloods of Christian in Iraq, honestly. It is more than the oil underground of Iraq. When the when the Islam arrived to Iraq, they were belong to our church because our church actually started to proclaim all the east side, China, India. So there were seven zero million. They were belong to our church in Iraq, and they called the Church of Medincha, Aitid Medincha. That's mean the Church of East. And uh, till t 2003, we were 1.6 million, and now in Iraq we are less than 200,000. And then in a couple of years, actually, we are going to disappear. So it is not about against just Father Douglas, but it's the, against the Christian there. And uh, this is our. This is our cross, and we have to carry, mm. carry it, and go on. Mm. I, I've been introduced to that to that concept of of carry your cross, and that's been something that has um, increased in magnitude, and really its importance to me recently. In that, we all have something to bear, and for some, it might. You know, and as you said, it, the, the the numbers get confusing because we, I think we, a lot of times we look at all of the things that are are, are going or that have been that have happened or that, that continue to happen, and and especially in in in, in where where you are and, and where you were, um, that those numbers are crazy, but because you see people who have really put their lives on the line. Um, for what they believe in, and and they they you know are, are unfortunately no longer here. So I think in the United States there are a lot of people that are are feel safe and feel completely okay with their Christian beliefs, and they might not have to you know 
they can identify as a Christian in some places and might not have to in other places. What what was the what what is it like being a Christian in in the Middle East? Is it something that you have to to wear very very proud and everybody else will will know that you're a Christian or is there is there were a lot of people almost shameful to be Christian too? First actually me myself and also my people, when I say my people, I'm talking mm. about Christian in Iraq. Mm. I'm proud I'm Iraqi. I'm really proud. Um, I'm still carrying the same cross in the Middle East. And I believe my people share the same thing. Why? Because I remember, for example, even what happened to us, even during the genocide, I saw the people, for example, in 2014, when they came to my church, escaping from Islamic State, with a horrible situation. Till now, no one of my people, no one, no single one actually, blame God to what happened. Mm. And I know a lot of people, as you mentioned, I don't want just to mention the United States, I know a lot of people actually, if just, if just they got flu, they are you know, blame God, yeah. guy, why is that happened to me? Why I have flu? Why, like, you know, mm. but we are talking about our life, okay? And we never, for even me, even anyone, and a lot of people, for example, outside of Iraq, like in Europe, in the United States, they ask, you know, we are Christian, but I don't know, we feel shame because we we have different life, we are here, we are relaxed, and uh, mm. I told them, look, no need actually to feel that shame, and to those people, they are hearing me. No need to hate your life because you are live in good conditions. No, we are not asking you to suffer like us. We are asking you to be safe like you. So we believe in power of prayers. When you just, when you have anything, when you, when you, for example, enjoying your weekend or uh, Christmas or uh, Thanksgiving, and just want to say, look, there are a lot of brothers and sisters. They are still under supper. And when you pray for us, at least we feel by that prayer. We are not alone. So please, my brother and sisters, those that are in me, by your prayers, give us power that we are not alone. We are not actually afraid to be dead. No. What we are afraid to be dead alone. We don't want to be dead and nobody knows our stories. That's, this is make us, we are still fighting. So by your prayer, by your support, we will never, never give up. That's 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 awesome, and it's crazy and how the the importance of prayer and and the power that that prayer really has. And it, it might not be that day, it might not be that next week or that next month, but prayers have been answered over years over over centuries and you know yeah. over and it's something that you might not see but there's there's a lot of power in that and i wanted to, to ask you um we're called to we're called to suffer with others i, I believe and I, I i as we as we look in scripture we can see um 
the, the calling to, to, to suffer and, and to carry others' crosses too. Is that something that a lot of people were, were, were they able to, were, were your people able to relate over the, over suffering? And was that something that ended up bringing people together? You know, if you look to history of my people, actually, uh, we got a lot of, you know, we, we got that experience how to survival during the genocide, the persecution. So it's not the first time to us. So actually, what what our heritage actually transfer from generation to another, not because we were, you know, uh, rich people or powerful people, but actually what the people transfer to our generation to another one, it's that faith. So that faith actually, and with that prayer, make our people to be more united and more strong. Mm. And uh, I like I, I like that. Once I, I I remember I say that. Look when when the evil actually comes, which is one it comes by one of his name as Islamic State, has the the name one of the name is Islamic State. When it comes actually. Cannot recognize if I am Catholic, Chaldean, or whatever, okay? The only thing because you are follow Jesus. So day by day, you can feel that there should be really tough to have genocide, but in the same time, genocide and persecution give us a chance to be more united, more strong, and we can survive them again and again. Why? Not because what 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 the teaching we have, but actually it is according which teacher we have is Son of God, Jesus. So that power is not coming actually just from us as a community, but from the power who who lead that community is Him, Jesus. So I can be sure to tell you that no one of my people ready to disappoint it or to give up from faith. No one. And and you mentioned um, the importance of sharing of sharing your story and sharing what you have experienced and what you're going through and how you continue to to have faith and to and continue to have hope for the future um and, and i want to kind of go back to your story is is this something that you when you were tortured in this you know when when your church was was bought you know when five missiles hit your church were you quick to share your story or was this something that it took a while to process and you and you weren't and you didn't share it until recently Ah, thank you for that question. Yeah. One, actually what's, you know, hold my, 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 to not share my, my story. Because first, actually, I know, I know what's mean to follow Jesus. So this is the cost. Second, when I start 
if I started just to share my story, because actually I'm was silent for many, many years till 2014, I start talking. Mm. Not because I was just want to talk, but I'm always saying, as I, when I start this interview with you, I told, please don't look to my story, look to the people behind my story. Mm -hmm. So I start sharing my story because of my people. And second, and this is important, who I am to complain. When I share my story, it's like someone will, will hear my story as complain and, and I can't dare to complain. Who I am to tell God, why is that happened to me? Because I know his answer. He's going to tell me, my son, this is the same thing happened to my son, Jesus. Mm. And he did nothing. The only thing he just bring, safe, peace, good things, good news to you. And what was the result? He was carrying his cross till death. So who I am to complain? Who I am can talk and look to God and tell him, God, why am I in this situation? Yeah. I can't do that. And even my people, they cannot do that. We are still alive because our faith in Jesus. I'm not surprised if they persecute us or I'm not surprised if I'm going to death. Uh, so, <laughs> certainly, I, I, I know that one day they will get me. But I'm not surprised. What actually surprised me, how come my people, they are still alive? They are still here and talk and live and showing that we are still belong to Jesus. Yeah. So I start actually sharing my story just to tell, look, people, you have to wake up. Your brothers and sisters, they are really in need. Yes. Yes. So that, that's, that's something that, because you're part of, you're just part of a, a bigger, a bigger purpose and a bigger people and a bigger whole. And, be, just being a vehicle so that others that so that you can share what many others have also have also felt and it's exactly it's not about you but about just how this is just a piece of the puzzle and just a very you know our and that we're we are we are you know God loves his people and he doesn't you know he he does love you but he loves his people and I think that's that that connotation of God loving his people as a, as a whole, I, I think that's something that, that you speak to right there. Um, something I, w I wanted to mention was what, what, when, when we think about empathy and trying to understand others' challenges, struggles, when, when you were going through something like th this experience and when you have seen others go through these tough experiences, how 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 were you able to to, to keep going? I, I know that this what, what was something that you continued to tell yourself or continue to to pray about um, that 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 might have been that guiding force that really brought you through these these tough times. Uh, again, I don't want actually to look to myself I'm yeah. here. Okay, not at all, please. Mm. But. Till now, I cannot, I can't understand 
when I was actually kidnapped, actually those people, they were, they were like, you know, captured by me. So I was not actually, they were kidnapped by me. I was, they were not actually kidnapping me. I was kidnapping them because I was more relaxed, more power. Sometimes I was really tough with my answers. Sometimes I was teasing them. A lot of time they, they hit me by, by pistol and then bad words just to, you know, just to, sh to, to stopping me to talk. Yeah. And I, I remember one time they told me, okay, we are going now to cut your head and replace it with a dog, body of dog. So we are going to put the head of dogs instead of your head. And I start laughing. Okay. And of course they hit me by, by my pistol and my head and my neck and with bad words, of course, why you are laughing? I say, look guys, I don't know, whatever you are going to do, if I'm going to dare to die, so that's it. Okay. Continue with my body because to you, that does mean end of the story to me actually it's just the beginning. And one of them, he say, uh, he start again talking this way. We cannot understand what he's talking about. I said, no, you understand, but this is your religion. This is your way of life, but our way, this is just the beginning. So you are giving me the, now the chance if I'm going to start my journey. So, so there was, there was <sighs> happiness. There, there was happiness in there from you. As you said, you were laughing and. And there was, so it's important to, to take the joy out of these situations. And this, and this could be something that, not just for you, but for all the people that were going through this persecution, for, pe for anybody in suffering right now, that you have, you have to look and, and try and laugh and, and find those moments that knowing that, as you said, this is just the beginning. And I, I, I really love that. I love the way that you put that. To those people, they are hearing me. Now, just I want to tell them, look, I'm not that guy actually looking to 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 die. Okay, I I I I do respect life, and uh, and I'm not crazy. I hope maybe sometime, yeah, but. I do actually respect life and we are Christian, our way, our mission to make this life a second paradise, a second kingdom, a second heaven, because we have to be proud. Jesus was here on this earth. Okay. And, uh, again, I just wanted to tell that. To those people, if they are suffering or they are afraid, don't be afraid. Because actually there is something that's going to be in your side. Who is going to protect you? That Holy Spirit is going to push you to be more strong and more strong. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to shift gears a little bit and, and move on to... Um, something that was a, a bit more recent. Um, so speaking on your people, um, 
several years back, you sheltered thousands of refugees that were fleeing from persecution from the Islamist state. Islamist state. Um, what called you to start this shelter? Um, and and how is is this is this similar to how Christians are responding now to the Syrian refugee um, now, or is this something that was what was there a difference when 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 uh, back, back several years back? You know, when I was actually in secondary school, for example, I remember and when was the uh, the war of the uh, Arab Gulf or Kuwait when Saddam invasion uh, Kuwait. So I remember actually uh, my family, we escaped from Baghdad to North and we spent maybe two months or one month, I don't remember. It was in 1991. And uh, in 2003, uh, I remember another war because, you know, Iraq has a lot of wars. So in 2003, when uh, United States, when uh, um, uh, they, they tried to to, uh, to take Saddam, okay, his, mm. his take from his power. Mm. So 2003, also my church was like a small shelter for around the people. There are families around, surrounded by the uh, who is they were surrounded by my church. In 2014, when the Islamic State. And I thank you for calling calling them Islamic State because some people they are just put there another name like ISIS or Daesh or another. No, actually this is the real Islamic State. And when Islamic State they took over Mosul, so we found ourselves that the diocese north of Iraq and Erbil, Chaldean diocese, we are facing with over one hundred twenty-five thousand people, and they just they arrive with nothing. When I say nothing. They were not allowed to take anything from them. So they just arrived with their clothes. Uh, when they arrive, we have to do something. Of course, uh, uh, what is, was really shame to the Iraqi government, even to the Kurdish, they were not able actually to, to take that action. Again, if anything happened in the world, anything happened, first send the church. Church will organize everything. It's better than you and UNICEF, all of them. Send the church first. So we took the action. We put the people in 26 centers. When I say centers, I'm trying to avoid that word they call it camp because yeah. I hate that word. I, I, it's yeah. a negative word. Mm. I cannot put my, my people in camps. And I never call my people refugee. Never because they are our relatives and our peoples. And uh, I remember even they were among our Christian, our people, they were all, even Yazidis. And we, we actually, we, we never ask people what you believe or what is to whom you belong and to, to offer help. This is, not, this is not us. So I found myself that I am taking care of uh, a lot of peoples. And I'm not saying that with a proud, actually, I'm saying this where this is the minimum of our duty to take care of each other because we are parts in one body. So mm -hmm. it's one part gets hurt. That's mean all body will get hurt. So we took the action. 
we 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 were able to provide uh, almost what the people they need but of course when the people arrived they were not actually looking just for food no one will die by hunger but a lot of people they will die by sadness by losing the hope by losing the faith so but my people when they arrived they were shocked but no one actually lose his faith no one so we were able to take care and i found myself it's my duty to talk and to speak aloud so i start talk about what's mean suffer what's mean genocide and i'm telling to anyone look i know what's mean pain and pain can push people to go up or push them to go down but pain actually what made by father douglas is push me to be more fighter for our people case to speak what happened to my people i don't want actually to repeat the same stories because my dad told me the same story been told by my grandpa and grandpa actually told to the it's the same stories you know of the persecution every year over and over so we found ourselves we are taking care of people and again this is the minimum of our duty and what is the shame was because our people they they are not recognized as uh, not recognized actually as refugee because they are inside Iraq not outside Iraq so the UN never recognized them so what we actually all help we got it was from private aid dollars that's been Catholic Church many organization I, I'm not going to account them for one reason I don't want actually to for to miss one or forget one so I do respect all of them you know mm. in the end I believe my people and me we are going to forget those persecute us but we are never never forget those people they stand with us what what yes during this time when when you and and just in the midst of of this all when you built all these different centers can you recall one time that that brought you the most joy when you were when you were the happiest oh actually i have a lot of things to actually to share you know <laughs> okay good even 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 those days you know I remember the only maybe it was just to me to have time to sleep maybe two or three hours okay <laughs> in a day yeah but for example yeah. uh, we had a lot of activities special with with the, with the kids you know mm. kids they are amazing and uh, we were able to to change a lot of behavior of the people through the kids but I remember first time when I was actually in my office and my office was also caravan and people they were actually living in tents military tents and those they were in, in they were in military they understood now they, they understand what's mean tents military tents I'm just talking about the smell okay mm -hmm. so I remember so one of the ladies she comes to my office and she told me father I have a question and she was you know expecting uh, 
uh, a baby, she was pregnant, and she told me, Father, I have a question. I say, yeah, go ahead. I say, I'm going to actually give a birth, but I'm wondering what they are going to write in his family registration. Are they are going to write the place of birth is tent? You know, and she was crying, you know, because it's like a shame how they can put a, pla a place of birth to be tent, you know, mm. it's really shame. And I told her, no, 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 of course, no, they're going to write the city, not the place where, where she's going to, to give a birth. So we are going to support you. Don't be worried. And even it was really sadness moment for that lady. But that baby, actually, when he born, he bring, you know, like a, a joyful to us. That's even in sadness, God can give a grace and again and again to us. So after that, I remember maybe seven or seven kids, they born there. Each time, give us another, another hope that the same process, promise being given to Abraham, Abraham, that your child, your kids, they are going to be many, many, many. So we, I understood that still God's work with us. So actually in my mind, there are a lot, a lot of stories. They were mixed between sad and happiness. Also hope. The only thing I, I really, I'm grateful. And thanks God for, that's been the hope. When you give hope to people, that's mean tomorrow we can make it and we can survive and we can serve Jesus again. Mm. Just to bring hope to people. We can survive without food and water. Without hope, not tomorrow. I, I learned a lot of from my people. Mm. Before I was just, you know, like a soldier, just fight. But I learned a lot from people in 2014. They lose everything. But we were just one family. They came from different cities, but we live in one place. They were from different churches. But they were, but we were worshipped together. Nobody knows each other before, but we're getting one family. Anyone actually, any child, was cry, so he was not child for one family. He was child for all of us. All of us were looking after him. So when when you were. As you said, and I, I love how you mentioned that how you how you went about um, welcoming everybody, welcoming everybody to the ta to the table, to the to to sleep, to just into your life and into your into your community, and you didn't ask at all if they were if they were Christian who they were, because I think way too often we we try to build these. We almost try to categorize and create these different these different places. You know, if you're Christian or if you're not, 
Um, and I mean, I, I see that a lot, and I'm sure you, you know, that's something that is apparent where you are as well. Um, so what, and, and, and this is something that has always been intriguing because I, I think your works and the and the life that you do that you do and and your faith in action speaks so much to to who you are and and the God that you serve. So I want to speak on two moments. One of them, you know, comes from your example, but then the, the other is just your people as well. When you were in when you were in uh, those nine days, I, I I I remember that, or from what I from what I've heard, these people were asking for advice and asking for you know for consult and asking for for help on these different areas, right? Almost as you, as if you know treating you like somebody who was their their teacher, um, and w was that something that 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 you saw also when you were in these you know, in these centers that people were coming and they were asking for advice, asking for cons consult and they weren't, they, you know, they, they might have, they might have been, you know, practice, uh, Islam, uh, they might've been Islam. They could have been Christian, whoever they were, you know, um, is, is this, is that something that, 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 that you've seen a lot of as people have come to you regardless of where they come from, but asking for advice just because of what you've done for them? Does that make sense? Uh, look, uh, I, I, I remember, yeah, I remember during the day I was spiritual father for those people, actually, you know. I remember one of them, he was asking me, what should I do with my wife? She's always calling me and, uh, you know, and I don't know, to those people, they if they know how is the... Uh, Iraqis, uh, Iraqis ladies. I'm talking about the ladies here. You know, mm -hmm. they are sometimes yeah, they ask a lot. Okay, <laughs> for Iraq. Yeah. In any case, uh, so he was actually him telling me that she's always calling me and blah blah blah. And uh, so I was actually explaining to him and telling him, you have to be nice with her. You know, no need actually to wait when you have time to call her. Call her when you are. Even if you are busy, send him text message. Tell her every day, good morning, honey. I'm going to that. And another was asked me for another things like about religion and the day after. And the same people during the night, they torch me. The day follow, they comes and they say, forgive us. Because we have to do that because it was another guy. So we have to pretend that we have, we, we, we should, you know, put you in, 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 in that situation. We can't. If we refuse, they will kill us. And the same thing actually when when you spend with the people, they lost everything. So every day at least I talk with at least with five hundred people. At least. So imagine five hundred people, they just, you know, pass or just you know they came so you have to just a smile or give give them courage some people they even they know what is they know the answers but they want to hear it from you so they want to hear the, the answer from me mm. for example i remember i remember one time i bring some staff for kitchen for cooking you know mm. when i bring them to the people 
and one of the ladies she she starts crying she say oh i remember my staff my kitchen and and, uh, and my city uh, so I, I hug her and they say look where is your kids and she said yeah they are there they are playing and say look don't look to the kitchen staff and remember look to your kids and they are still alive and enjoy and suddenly she just stopped and say yes father thanks god my kids they are still alive so we have to be ready for any moment no need actually to to go and study theology, philosophy, and all that, blah, blah, blah. No, just be ready. Your heart can give love anytime. Mm. And the answer and the wise, the wisdom will just comes smoothly. Mm. So this is the key. And a lot of people, when they come asking for help, it's shame to ask them. It's completely shame to ask them who you are or from where you are. It's completely shame. If the people comes to us asking for help, there is one evil, and that evil can suffer all the people. But not all the people can be saved from that evil. But we do have the, the drugs, the medicine, to be saved from that evil is Jesus. Mm. So when people comes to us, this is the good sign. We can save them. Awesome, awesome. And I think that's a that, that's that's a good way of ending the 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 episode today. And final, you know, question I want to ask is just how people can can support you, uh, support you, and support your people and. Um, and also continue to follow what what you're doing and 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 and, and you know what what your people are doing as well. Uh, next Tuesday, I'm going to I'm going to Lebanon to Beirut with uh, we were able the, the Chaldean community, the Christian community from Iraq here in New Zealand and Australia as well. So. With with oh, we we did a fundraising for helping Christian refugees in Lebanon. So next Tuesday, actually, I'm going there to support the people there. For so for those, actually, they are hearing what I'm what I'm saying now. First, I'm asking. I put it in three ways: pray for us, help us, and support us. By your prayer, we are strong. We're getting more strong. By your help, the people can live their dignity at least. By your support, our people, they will get their rights. So if you want to support and help and prayer, please do. And I'm not begging for that because in Christianity, we cannot beg from each other because we are brothers and sisters in one body. So this is the, our, our duty to take care of each other. So if you want to support and help, you can find, where is Father Douglas? You can find, even if you are, you are from in the United States, you can go to the Iraq, help, sorry, helpiraq.org 
you can help from there if you want to help to uh, to the project for for Lebanon you can find sandadday.org.nz uh, and also 10 now I'm here in New Zealand but I'm still taking care of two projects in Iraq one it is uh, the trauma healing center I'm still running there the trauma healing center second I'm still uh, taking care of project called 52 and that project 52 is uh, to help uh, there were 52 kids disabled kids still living in Iraq in Iraq but now they are 71 disabled kids living in Iraq so we are supporting them from here from New Zealand so to those they are hearing me please take action by pray for us help us and support us and I believe you can do that great great um, thank you so much I really appreciate this this time today and hearing hearing more about you and learning more about what's been going on in your life and and, and the life of so many others around you as well. Um, and to close out, would you mind um, just praying over us? Yeah, of course. Can I, can I pray both in two languages, English and and my in our language Aramaic? That's mean you know the Aramaic is the language of Jesus because we are still used. That language. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Oh, Heavenly Father, oh, Babashmayana, we ask you to give us power by you, we are still exist. By your power, by your grace. The only thing we ask you, let us deserve to serve you forever. Babish Mayana Wulan Achni, Khaila Kuta, Tauch Tau, Tayban Khadmukhluch. Heavenly Father, we never give up. Babish Mayana, Abad Achni, Lakshakluch Laidan. Amen. Amen. Well, Father Douglas Abbasi, that was an absolute pleasure, and I, I look I look forward to to continuing our conversation and and just to continue praying as well. <laughs>